This show is sponsored by IdealWorkspace.com, which promotes a healthier way of working through their adjustable standing desk. Check out their latest smart adjustable standing desk at Altizen.com. A-L-T-I-Z-E-N.com. Welcome to Analyze Asia, the podcast dedicated to dissect the pulse of business, technology, and media in Asia. In this episode, I speak to Eva Yuche Won from Technote on the South Korea startup ecosystem. We discuss how one can navigate the landscape, the most interesting verticals, the key investors and industry giants in the Korean tech ecosystem. Hi, Eva. Hi, Bernard. How are you doing? Awesome. Thank you for inviting me to Analyze Asia. Yes, and thank you for taking the time out to have this conversation with me. And we are talking to Eva Yu Chewon, writer at TechNote, and she has been covering the Korea startup ecosystem for some time. You're based in Korea, is it? No, actually, I'm based in Shanghai, China. Do you travel to Korea? Oh, yeah. Yes, I do. It's like four times a year to see how the ecosystem changed over one quarter. So that's how it works. So I'm basically like Korean writer. So... A lot of Korean startups pitch me from Korea. I both cover China and Korea at the moment. So how did you actually start your career then? Wow, it's like a long story, but it really started off with our President Park. I know there's a lot of news around her at the moment, but in her first year, which was 2013, she really wanted to boost the startup ecosystem in Korea because Korea is largely dominated by big companies like Samsung and LG. So she wanted to push young students to really learn the startup ecosystem from Silicon Valley and Israel. So I was chosen as one of 15 young entrepreneurs to to be sent to Israel to have internship courses and also learn the entrepreneurship kind of studies there in Israel. And so, yeah, that's how I start off interviews. So my first 100 interviews were like 75 in Israel and 25 in Silicon Valley. And that really started my career as like writing news. But at the same time, I was working in Korean startup for one year and a half. So that also helped me look at business side, but also kind of journalist kind of view. And then subsequently, you joined TechNote to cover for them for Korea. Oh, so so what happened was that I contributed to Be Success, which is one of the biggest tech blog in Korea. And then they had this big conference called Be Launch in 2014. And then I had chance to meet all the speakers from all different countries. There I met Kang Lu, who was the first Chinese entrepreneur I met in my life. And I always wanted to go to China to learn the language and learn the kind of how the business ecosystem works there. So I asked Kang, like, what are the job opportunities in China? And then I couldn't speak Chinese at all at that moment. And I just told him that I want to work in China. And then he said, like, welcome aboard. You can work in TechNode. That's how it got started. So I just like came to Shanghai, started learning the ecosystem here in China, at the same time helping Korean startups to expand to China as well. So from your experience, what are the interesting career lessons you can share with my audience? 
The most interesting lessons I learned in this journey was in Israel. So I realized get things done. Mind is really important. You may not be perfect, but you just have to get things done. That's what I learned in Israel, and then and that really helped me to kind of start interesting projects that I wanted to do. It may not be per- like perfect, but like just like get it going. And in Silicon Valley, 500 startups entrepreneur in residence, Tim Che, he told me in his interview that you have to make choice that optimizes your learning, and that really helped me make choices later on. So there were a lot of opportunities around me, but I started like asking those questions, like what can I learn from this opportunity? Yeah, those are two big things I learned. So you have an interesting background. You have been in both countries for Korea and China. So, but today's conversation, I wanted to talk to you on the South Korea technology startup ecosystem, and you cover them to a very big degree. So maybe to help my audience to start off with is. How does the South Korea startup ecosystem structured? For example, where the startups are aggregated, or how do entrepreneurs in South Korea get started in the first place? So actually, this dot com bubble was, I guess, the first round of making this kind of startup ecosystem in Korea. So at the end of 1990s, Dom dot net was our most popular web portal. Back then, and they had a really strong email service and also dashboard-like service that aggregated a lot of communities in Korea. So that was like hugely popular, and that really created the internet culture back then. There were also a lot of PC rooms, like internet cafes back then. So those really helped Korea to form that strong kind of internet culture. And then later on came Naver, which now is the biggest web portal in Korea. So seventy percent of Koreans all use Naver as their first homepage, and they had a really strong kind of search engine base. I guess it really, when you see Naver, you know, like you can guess what's like what Koreans are used to seeing. And then came the next generation of. Game companies, these game companies really made it to unicorns by start of 2010. Their Nexen, NCSoft, and Sunday Toes, and they had the really big user base from Korea, but also overseas. So they made up to be unicorns, and that kind of first formed Korean internet companies. Introduction of smartphone in Korea. I think it was like 2012 that we started to see real kind of startups based on like ideas or technology, and so that formed first startups like back then it was like Mimi Box and Flato and My Real Trip. Those companies started at that time and now are also startups that are doing great. Both in Korea and overseas. So you also have Kaopang, right? That's also one of the unicorns in the Korea startup ecosystem, correct? Right. And just to help my audience as well, Line, which is messaging app that's very popular in Japan, Taiwan, and Thailand, is actually invested, or I would say, Naver is a shareholder of that company. It came out from within Naver as well. Right. Right. How does someone from overseas think about the Korea startup ecosystem then? I would say 
First, they think Korean startups have really strong technology base. For example, the startup I interviewed recently is InnoPlay Lab, and they made this like iGini robot. That's a kind of social robot. And Chinese company Rubo have invested huge amount to this company, and so this company will manufacture, design all the software and hardware of the robot, and they're going to supply this home robot in China. And so a lot of companies overseas are looking into Korean kind of technology to support their company. So I would say the the first characteristic is the strong technology base, and second, I would say it's the strong culture that Korea have. You can see it from K-pop and Korean dramas, but Koreans have this strong culture based on their history. Since we have like Confucianism, and Koreans are really enthusiastic, so this gives Koreans this creativity to form interesting ideas and stories to create beautiful designs and beautiful storylines. So combined with that, this makes like Korean startups to come up with really cute characters or. Interesting marketing ideas to back their startup. So I would say that's second characteristic, and also that's why Chinese customers also love buying Korean products, which helps Korean e-commerce startups to really sell their products to China. But still, Korean startups still lack the know-how to enter the overseas market, like China and Silicon Valley. I realized that Korea, both Korea and Israel, have the strong technology base. But for Israel, you know, like Jewish people, they have Strong connection to overseas countries since they really came back to Israel after living in other countries for two thousand years. So Koreans still lack the language skills and know-hows to enter overseas market. That's barrier for them to enter the overseas market. But we're seeing good stories coming out, good news coming out. So we'll have to see for this year and next year. So the Korean market is about sixty million population. The interesting question I want to ask is: Where are the startups in South Korea aggregated? Is it still in Gangnam, or are the activities of the startup actually centralized around Seoul or elsewhere into places like Busan or other states in Korea itself? So I'd say, firstly, it's around Gangnam area. Especially, there's a big road called Teheran Road. And it connects like five subway stops on Line Two, and those stops from Gangnam to Seolleung and Samsung, they all have startup incubators and accelerators, and most of the startups. So that's strong startup base in Korea. So you'll find it really. Easy when you go business trip in Korea, you just have to just use like Line Two to visit them, and then it's like thirty minute ride from Gangnam. There's a an area called Pangyo, and there's a lot of giant game companies in Korea there, and Korean government, born to global, just started their startup campus in Pangyo. So this made a lot another startup hub. For technology-based companies to start their business these days in Pangyo, there are a lot of interesting kind of technology-based companies there. And you mentioned Busan, so I just realized Busan actually is trying to push this、uh, startups in the area. So you see, there are a lot of VCs in Korea, 
And 97% of these VCs are based in Seoul. But out of that 3% is like 10 VCs outside of Seoul. And 6 is based in Busan. So compared to Seoul, it's still small. But there are some interesting startups coming out of there. One of the startups I would mention is Pai Mom. So Pai Mom is a tent that keeps your kind of temperature overnight. So you can have a good night's sleep and warm environment. So that's kind of one of the success story in Busan. And they are trying to cultivate this startup culture there. Well, I was actually going through some of your articles and you have actually summarized that there are actually five booming sectors that are now in the South Korea tech ecosystem. Can you talk about them and also the interesting startups that are within these five booming sectors? I would say O2O was really the booming sector for last year and still they are trying to kind of grab the market in Korea. But the issue is how you monetize from its individual users. Recently, another company called Miso, the O2O cleaning startup, raised funding. But we're still looking at their profit, whether they're really making money. The issue is that Korea doesn't have a comfortable, easy access payment system. So it's really cumbersome to make mobile transaction in Korea. And so that's still kind of issue for startups as well, because once they use mobile, it's a cumbersome work to actually buy something or deliver something. So Kakao is trying to do this by Kakao Pay, but it's not really widespread in Seoul not at the moment. So we'll have to see if these companies could survive at the end. But the early pioneers in this sector, like Pedaminjo, was a success story and has also made interesting profit at the moment. So yeah, those were kind of the strong ones. As for fintech, I met some interesting fintech startups in the Building 63 in Yeoido district. So Yeoido has a lot of finance companies there and they started one fintech focused startup accelerator called Dream Plus Financial Center. Now there's like 10 fintech companies they invested and they are doing really great in their own sectors in going from stock exchange to insurance to real estate, to private asset management, this might see another kind of Korea's strong vertical for the next year. And and I'll talk about the MCN. As for this year, like MCN didn't do a good job because of their monetization. What's MCN, by the way? It's multi-channel network. And it's like there are a lot of YouTube stars in Korea. Some of the YouTube stars, they're good at makeup. Some are good at game playing. Some are good at just like eating food. And they would just live stream that or post interesting videos around it. They have a huge number of views and a lot of followers. So these MCN make entertainment company for these YouTube stars. So they would provide studios and they would provide platform for these YouTube stars, even launch a big concert for these YouTube stars to perform on stage and meet their fans. Also, the case is like, how do you really monetize on these YouTube stars? 
this year, a lot of MCN companies were criticized for that reason. These days, the trend is starting your Facebook live show because that doesn't create like double work for MCN companies to invest in them. And they can like start with low cost. So there are now kind of interesting live show broadcasters in Korea. And they're broadcasting interesting tech news so that it gathers a lot of business people to watch and learn interesting news and insights from that week. Yeah, so that's kind of another trend I saw this year. And as for the bio healthcare, a lot of doctors are starting their own business because in Korea, the medical going to hospital and medical service is like really low cost in Korea. So having your own hospital is also a lot of burden yet low profit in Korea. So a lot of these doctors are starting their own business. So you can see that from Welt, the, the smart belt that tracks your eating habits. So there's another company that helps the rehabilitation with their robotic arms. So you can see from this, there are a lot of doctors starting their own business and create good hardwares in medical sector. And as for the fashion and beauty sector, this is powered by K-pop Korean dramas. And two startups I would mention here are Mimi Box and B2Link. So Mimi Box was focused on Silicon Valley after they got into Y Combinator. Now they're trying to kind of expand in China. And as for B2Link, after they raised funding from DT Capital, they're still doing great in China in terms of their commerce kind of sales. So what are the social media tools used by South Korea consumers? I mean, Kakao Talk Naver, are they the only tools around? Or are there some tools that I don't know about that you can tell me too? Oh, sure. In Korea, you should definitely download Kakao. Everybody uses Kakao, and so you'll be left out if you don't use it. And it's interesting that actually Tencent invested in Kakao and later developed WeChat, getting insights from Kakao. That's one thing I wanted to mention here. And then as for Neighbor's Line, there's a lot of people that also use Neighbor Line for their business communication. So when I was working in previous startup in Korea, we would kind of have casual conversation on Kakao and have business conversation online. But that, that really depends on kind of groups. You, it can go on either way. Facebook had a very interesting expansion in Korea. I still remember a lot of Koreans were on SciWorld. It's like a Facebook, but it was there before Facebook in Korea. So I think it was 2004, start of 2004. A lot of Korean young people were all based on SciWorld. And it was a huge, say, like a microblog for Koreans. But it was like 2010 that a lot of Koreans just moved to Facebook. And now you don't, Koreans don't really use LinkedIn, but they are using Facebook as their LinkedIn. So you can see professional uh, profiles on Koreans' Facebook. And if you're working tech scene, Facebook is a must tool for you to use for your Facebook marketing and to share information. Yeah, those are the social media tools I would say Koreans use. So what are the most interesting startup unicorns in Korea now? 
currently there are two unicorns in Korea. The market valuation five billion coupon and market valuation four billion yellow mobile. So as for coupon, so coupon is an e-commerce website, and a lot of Koreans use coupon to buy things. They recently saw a huge operation cost, and some of its main leaders in the company left the company. So there were speculations around Coupon, but at the moment, we're kind of seeing Coupon will do a good job because they have a really good reviews from its customers for its really quick delivery of the products. And Coupon also started their Coupon has their four ventures of funds to back to invest in startups. Yeah, they're trying to kind of embrace like new technology from startups to be competitive in the market. And then there's Yellow Mobile. So Yellow Mobile is a really interesting company. So it's a company that eats another startups. And, and it calls itself a startup. So it now has headcount of 80 companies inside Yellow Mobile, and it's doing a good job. They have been profitable for three straight quarters this year. So they're doing a good job, and they recently raised funding for their marketing arm. So yeah, Yellow Mobile is boomed up in three years. It's now a competitor of Naver in the O2O sector. As for their finance arm, Yellow Financial is really strong. They acquired a lot of fintech companies and they're based in Yeouido in the IFC tower. Yeah, they're, I think it's a good company. Since you talked earlier about that most people come to Korea for technology, can you talk about the startup activity specifically in the IoT and maker areas? Yeah, a lot of startups that I cover are actually these IoT companies. A lot of Koreans uh, launch their uh, hardwares on Kickstarter and they saw like really good results out of it. So one of the company I want to mention is Yolk, the Yolk in an Egg. So they made this solar charger called Solar Paper and they re raised a lot of funding last year. So you can charge your phone in two and a half hours in a sunny day. The startup was founded by a woman who never worked in a startup. She was a designer and she loved making things and she thought it's a good idea to use natural kind of energy to charge electronics. So I think this is interesting example of hardwares in Korea. There's a lot of, of course, other IoT products that raised huge funding this year and last year. This year, I would say the Bagel Labs, the smart ruler, raised huge funding on Kickstarter. So I would like to mention that as an example for uh, this year's cool product. Yeah. Whenever there are entrepreneurs, there will also be investors and accelerators. Who are the interesting angel investors or venture capital firms or even incubator accelerators in the Korea taxi? I want to mention SoftBank Ventures Korea. People know that so SoftBank Ventures is started by Masayoshi Son, the Japanese founder. But actually, he was a Korean immigrant to Japan. Later on, in 2010, SoftBank Ventures Korea, and they invested in a lot of companies in Korea, like Nexon and Sunday Toes. 
And SoftBank was like really lucky enough to back Jack Ma in Alibaba in 1999 when Jack Ma started his business. That was interesting story in Korea at that at that time. I would like to mention FuturePlay. They're focused in hardware companies in Korea. So a lot of hardware entrepreneurs in Korea are from big companies like Samsung and LG. And so they have a really strong technology base and they come up with their IoT product based on their professionals. I'd say FuturePlay is home for great hardware companies. And then I guess I'll stop here. Yeah. Are there any interesting angel investors that are of the equivalent of, say, Xu Xiaoping or Ron Conway in Korea then? I would say Douglas Kwan is one of the interesting angel investors. He made a payment system on desktop in Korea. And he after he exited the company, he started the venture capital primer at early 2010. Primer has invested in a lot of uh, young entrepreneurs' projects since since then. And angel investors in Primer, they would invest in companies as angel investors or they would invest as Primer's fund. So these are the examples. And one of the co-founders of Primer, Taekyung Gwon, he was the early founders of Tom, the famous website portal I mentioned earlier. So they are respected entrepreneurs from the early generation and also as an angel investor in Korea. How about Spark Labs? Yeah, Spark Labs, I would say Spark Labs is the most international accelerator in Korea and they actually invested in really interesting companies. Mimibox was also from Spark Labs and I always go to Spark Labs Demo Day to see what kind of interesting projects there are. So Spark Labs, they would invest in companies that have interesting kind of ideas or technology. So I would say Mimibox is a good example of the successful ones. How does the startups interact with the conglomerates, otherwise known as the Shaboy? For example, Samsung, LG, SK Planet, and Hyundai. Like at first, Samsung and LG, I would say they weren't really open to startups. Actually, in the early 2010, when you go to startup conference in Korea, like founders wouldn't want to meet Samsung and LG people in the startup booth because they were afraid if these companies will copy their technology and come up with their own idea. But now it, it, it really has changed. So now Samsung and LG are empowering its employees to start their business. And a lot of employees are now coming up with their ideas to start their own business. Samsung has that, LG has that, and Emerald Pacific, the cosmetic company, also has that. The examples are like Inomde Labs, the maker of the hardware that allows you to take calls using your hands, and Weld, the smart belt, and there's lots more. And LG also are spending a lot in their innovation lab. So... LG also came up with Infit and Company recently. It's a medical startup that spun off from LG. 
And so, yeah, there are we see kind of interesting examples coming out from these big companies with a strong kind of technology base. How about like SK Planet or Hyundai or other in- interesting companies that are from Korea then? SK Telecom and KT are the telecom companies in Korea. And they are actually really focusing on startup scene. I saw that from two years ago. So they would invest in strong kind of tech-based companies and they're looking into kind of new business. Since Koreans all use 4G network, there's not many more kind of new users to buy 4G network. So they really need a new market. That's why they're starting to look at virtual reality and artificial intelligence solution companies in Korea. And as for Hyundai, Hyundai hasn't given any kind of startup-friendly story yet, as far as I know. So I guess Hyundai is really focused on their role as manufacturing cars. So in the year 2016, what are the most interesting news for South Korea? The Lions IPO news was really interesting for Koreans. I mean, Line, everybody knows that it's a Japanese company, but actually it's a spin-off company from Neighbor. So when Line IPO'd on New York Dog Exchange, Koreans were really excited about it. And actually, it really helps Neighbor as well because Neighbor still has the large stake of Line. So it was like a boost news for Korean startups. Not many companies in Korea would go IPO, so that was exciting news for this year. And since there are still a large base of early stage companies, mostly on seed round or series A round, I think this really helps kind of Koreans to realize how important is the monetization and also the overseas expansion efforts. I still remember Line giving its presentation when they first expanded to Southeast Asia and European countries and how they localized the hand gestures to make their kind of users feel friendly using Line. So I think these efforts really paid off later on. So we're looking up to yeah more stories like this to come. So no, no other interesting news other than the Line IPO? I guess Korea is currently most focused in the political news. As for the startup stories, I guess, yeah, not many kind of big ones for this year. I would say VR startups are really the sector to look at at the moment. There are a lot of interesting VR companies such as Binary Labs or Gaudio. So Gaudio does the audio solution for VR companies. And Binary VR does the facial recognition for uh, virtual reality companies. So as the VR scene kind of boom up for this year in all over the world, I think Korean companies will do a good job in the technology part and also the content sector. So we'll see on that. Yeah. Eva, thanks for giving a very good coverage of the Korean startup ecosystem and some of the big things that have been happening there. Help my audience, how do they find you? So you can reach me 
all the time at evayu at technodes.com. That's E-V-A-Y-O-O at technodes.com. Or you can pitch me on WeChat. My ID is Chewonyu, so it's C H A E W O N Y O O. And Twitter? <laughs> oh, Twitter is at EvaYour at, so it's like E V A Y O O A R E at. Yeah, that's my Twitter bar. You can find me at bleongcw or at bernaleong.com. Subscribe to us at Analyze Asia, A N A L Y S E A S I A. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Acast, and it now just we got on to TuneIn and Google Play in the US. And of course, drop me a note if you have any guests to recommend or you have any comments on the show, we are always welcome. Once again, Eva, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Bernard. That w- there was a, this was a kind of interesting experience for me.